Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Under Review on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Vish Kumaran at our normal time on Monday afternoons. What's up, Vish? Good to have you back. It's not really our normal time. We're 30 minutes past our normal time, but it's closer to our normal time uh, than we have been the last few times we've been streaming. So I'm really happy to be back um, at this morning time. It's nice to have 49ers football. And dude, what a what a wild card weekend! Three blowouts, and it was still a great weekend of football. And it's nice to know what's coming. It's nice to have an opponent to focus on, something to sink our teeth into for the week of ish. And before the Cowboys Packers game even ended, there is a narrative that has popped up that is driving me absolutely nuts, and it has to do with the 49ers. Please explain to me why everyone is acting like it's the 49ers that should be shaken in their boots that Jordan Love is coming to town because Jordan Love is such a talented thrower of the football. And oh, no, here come the Packers again. They got their quarterback third one in a row. Jordan Love. Look at Jordan Love. Look at these throws. Unbelievable. Jordan Love is elite. Yet well, I mean, you, the quarterback you, you have... of the 49ers has one last touchdown in one fewer game and more than 100 fewer pass attempts. And, oh, by the way, more passing yards. Yet we got to be shaking in our boots because Jordan Love did good against the Cowboys. How did Brock Purdy do against the Cowboys? Do we friggin' forget? I know we only count the last, like, eight or ten games of the season, right, with the Packers. Oh, no, the last eight games, last ten games. People love to do that crap, especially this time of year. Like the early games of the season don't count. Like none of that stuff matters, right? Only the last 10, because that's when Jordan Love looked really good. Give me a break. We do not have to play the Packers, okay? The Packers have to play us. And guess what? You're going to get stomped next week, Green Bay. I I'm, I'm, cannot believe the narrative that has emerged just because Jordan Love beat the Cowboys. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. So, off. so I, I agree with your macro point, right? Like, I, I don't think this is a matchup that I really look at and I say, man, that they should trouble the 49ers because I think the 49ers offense should have their way with that defense. And I think that's the biggest part of the matchup. Now, their offense playing this well with all these young weapons, with Bakhtiari going down, with Aaron Jones going down early, having to deal with those injuries, Jordan Love just improving tremendously 
from where he was week one, week two to where he is now is incredible. It's a great story. They won a playoff game too. They went into Dallas and beat America's team with the youngest team in the NFL. They one of the youngest teams in NFL history in the playoffs. They went into Dallas, beat America's team. It's a great story, but I'm with you. They, that's what it is. It's a, it's a great story. When you look at the details of this matchup and you know, the old adage in football, any given Sunday, or in this case, any given Saturday. So I won't rule the Packers out from their ability to win the game. When I just look at, okay, how do these two teams match up with each other? I, I think Green Bay's offense can have some success against the Niners' defense. I don't think that they're going to be able to do what they did to Dallas. Niners have a much bigger, much more physical defense. They push Dallas around. That's not going to happen. Niners are going to be a much more physical team than Dallas. They're going to be a more physical team than Green Bay. And then the other aspect of it is they're going to dog walk that defense. That Joe Barry defense, I, yes. I Dallas's offense, they just didn't have it. The Niners' offense is going to really, really put it on that defense. I don't want to sound really arrogant about this matchup because there's also, when I talk about it, this my, I'm a fan, and I have real bias to the 49ers. I want the 49ers to win, but I, I'm talking from a pure, you analyze both of these teams, who they've been this year. There's a lot of holes for Green Bay in this matchup, and I know them beating Dallas in Dallas. Great story. I didn't pick them to win. They shut me up, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm 100% with you. The Niners are the big bad bully. This is their season. This NFC, the story is about them. They're the protagonist. If they lose, it'll be because somebody came and beat them. But which is it, Bish? Is it that the Cowboys suck? Ha ha, what a joke. Or is it that the Packers are so good? It can't be both. If the pa if the Cowboys suck, then why are we heaping all this praise on Jordan Love, right? It's not both. Either the Cowboys are good and Jordan Love beat them and he deserves praise, or the Cowboys suck and Jordan Love doesn't deserve the praise. But I feel like people are saying, no, why can't it be both? Because you get tons of credit for beating a team that sucks. Well, I so Dallas doesn't suck, but this is a tough matchup for Dallas. And part of the reason it's a tough matchup for Dallas is because of how Jordan Love is playing. Dallas has a small defense. One of Green Bay's growths over this year is once they lost back to Yari early, their offensive line wasn't playing well, right? You had Elton Jenkins returning from injury. You had all of that. Their offensive line, the last like few weeks of the season, the last, it's been excellent. They protect it really well. They protected very well versus Dallas. Jordan Love was making a lot of throws, though, from tight spaces, too. He's really good as he's playing really well as well. We'll find out if he's really good. Um, so both of those things are happening. There's also an element of those things can apply, but not necessarily apply versus the 49ers who are a bigger, more physical team than Dallas. The 49ers are going to be able to run the football. Dallas, the second eight weeks of this season, and this is why it proved to be a tough matchup for them versus Green Bay. Now, I'm going to defend myself a little bit because I picked Dallas to win. So just to not sound like a hypocrite, I will say that Dallas's home record and how well they had been getting up on teams at home I thought if they could do that to Green Bay, they could intimidate that young Packers team. The Packers flipped the script by taking the ball first, marching right down the field and getting up on Dallas and punching them in the mouth. And Dallas didn't have an answer for it. So the game didn't play out how I thought. But the big issue with Dallas the last eight weeks, and this doesn't make them a bad team, but it makes them a bad matchup for Green Bay, is they don't run the ball. They don't stop the run. What are you going to do in the playoffs if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run? And Green Bay, once Aaron Jones has come back, they've run the ball. Jordan Love is playing very well. Green Bay is pretty good against the run. I, 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 I think that they played the run a little bit better yesterday because it was Dallas. I don't think they'll have a lot of success against the Niners um, stopping Christian McCaffrey. 
But it, it's not a case of Rob, like Jordan Love is really good or Dallas is really bad. I think there's an element of Jordan Love is playing really well. It was the right matchup against a team that is good playing the wrong matchup. But it doesn't matter because both of those things don't apply because the Niners, to me, match up very well with Green Bay and also have a talent advantage over Green Bay. It's not a throwing competition. And I feel like that's what people are hung up on. Oh, Jordan Love, look, he's, he's fading away. Look at this throw. Look at this arm angle. Oh, he made this throw. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you have both feet off the ground and you throw a 20-yard pass to a wide receiver. If I have both feet on the ground and I throw a 20-yard pass to a wide receiver, it counts the same. It's not, I just feel like we are in this era of like, the throw has to look pretty, right? If you do- You don't think Jordan Love is that good? Is that your point? No, it doesn't matter. Like, he's getting way much more hype than he deserves, especially for someone who's done basically nothing in the league. And the Packers are not some big, bad team that we got to be worried about. They're just not, okay? I don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about, like, what hype he's getting. I'm not sure about that. Oh, my God. All we saw yesterday. Oh, the Packers, three straight Hall of Fame quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks. The Packers have done it again. Yep, they're so good because Jordan Love played half a year They do this in every game, Rob. They do this for the 49ers. They show a graphic of Brock Purdy, Steve Young, and Joe Montana with this stat, this stat. They did that 10 games into his career. They do this for everybody. What have I been saying? It's stupid. I've been saying they shouldn't compare. But here's the thing with Jordan Love. Let's forget what other people are are saying about Jordan Love, and let's worry about the matchup, him versus the 49ers. He is playing very well. It's not a matchup. They're going to get their ass kicked is what's going to happen. Maybe they are, but in terms of how the player is playing, he is playing well. And it's not just that he's making circus passes. He's making consistently good decisions from the pocket. For example, the touchdown to Dontavian Wicks. They had a late blitzer. It turned out to be cover zero. He stood in the pocket, and yeah, it was a cool throw-off platform, but what made it cool was the fact that he stood down the barrel versus cover zero, threw the ball with great anticipation, threw a dot to Dontavian Wicks, who went up and caught it. So there's a lot of positive things that he is doing from a quarterback standpoint, too, that make people excited about it. I I don't understand why you're upset that they think he's a good quarterback. It's okay. Congratulations, Jordan Love. Wow, you did your job. Isn't that what a quarterback's supposed to do? Stand in the pocket, make a good throw? Like, we're acting like, oh, my God, we've never seen anything like this before. It's it's just confounding to me. By the way, shout out to Oregon Wave, new YouTube channel member. Appreciate you. Please become a YouTube channel member. It's three dollars. It's less than three dollars a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. If you want me to follow you on Twitter, we will do that. Just let me put something on the screen. If Rob, I'm, I, I'm not understanding you today. You worked at the big networks. You know they got a job to sell this game. What are they supposed to come out and say? We know the game hasn't been played, but the Niners are going to absolutely obliterate Green Bay. Yes. They got to hype up Green Bay. Here are the quarterbacks the big bad Packers have beaten this year. Jordan Love, right? Justin Fields twice. Derek Carr. Brett Rippon for the Rams. Justin Herbert. Bryce Young. Nick Mullins of the Vikings. Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the quarterbacks that the Packers have beaten, okay? They're barely over 500 on the year, 9-8 and eight on the year. This is the team that everyone's talking about. Oh, my God, they beat the Cowboys and Jordan Love. And give me a freaking break with that, okay? They were under 500 on the road this year, the Green Bay Packers. Allow me to put up the quarterbacks that outdueled the great Jordan Love on the road this year. These are the quarterbacks that the Packers lost to on the road. 
Desmond Ritter, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, and Tommy DeVito. Jordan Love, who's making all these great throws, couldn't outduel that group of suck this year. All right. So spare me with all this Jordan Love hype just because he beat the Cowboys. I don't know how to respond to any of this, to be frank, because you're not talking to me. You're talking to an audience that I don't even know what they're saying about Jordan Love to create a hype. And I don't know what they're saying in order to say, I, I frankly, half of those games, I'm going to be honest with you, Rob, I didn't watch them. So I don't know if Desmond Ritter actually played well. Actually, I watched that game. Um, I don't think Desmond Ritter played better than Jordan Love in that game. I didn't watch the Broncos game. I didn't watch the Steelers game. I didn't watch the, De- oh, I did uh, watch some of the DeVito game, but I don't know how to respond to this. Honestly, I don't know what to tell you, Rob. I don't believe the Niners are going to lose. I don't believe that the Packers are this great, you know, 2011 Giants team that's going to go on this amazing road run. I think that they're this super young team. They were a cool story because they turned out around their season. I think that's awesome. Um, But they're too young to me, too inexperienced to go and challenge the Niners. Now, I that that's what I believe, but I, I don't know what else to say, Rob. I, I really don't. I'm just stunned that that seems to be their narrative from people. Uh, you know what I didn't see online yesterday? I didn't see all this from the Packers just to get smashed by the 49ers next week. Didn't see a single person say that, not even Niners fans. And look, don't get me wrong. Jordan Love did make some good throws yesterday. I tweeted that he made some good throws, but I... It's crazy to me that people think that the the big bad quarterback in that game next week is Jordan Love. It's not. Brock Purdy's I, better than Jordan Love. He's I better put, than him. But Rob, he just played. This is what happens. Have you seen the way people are talking about Texans Ravens after the way <laughs> CJ Stroud lit it up on Saturday? The hype for Brock Purdy is going to start today when people start talking about the game. The hype for the Ravens is going to start. This is what happens when you're the bye team. Everybody gets caught up in what happens by week. I remember in 2018, everybody thought Indianapolis was going to go into Kansas City and win. The Chargers were going to go into New England and win. And both those teams lost, and they lost pretty handedly in those games. What happens is people get caught up in what happens wildcard weekend. They hype it up. We're all prisoners of the moment. And then we start looking at this game, and we start feeling differently, and we start seeing things about it. I mean, wait, wait, Rob. Rob, you started this show, and the Niners are already favored by 10. Yeah, because they're favored Vegas, by 10 Vegas double does, digits in a playoff game as they should be because Vegas yes. is caught up in this crap. OK, yeah. yeah, but I've had to listen to people for like now 36 hours and it's pissing me off. It's pissing me off like we are the 49ers. We have the younger quarterback, the quarterback who's put up better numbers, the quarterback that's more playoff experienced, the way better team around him. And we're hyping up the Green Bay Packers because they beat the Cowboys and Jordan Love made some pretty throws. So you don't want them to talk about any. You want them to talk about Niners even on weeks they're not playing? I want people to say. I I hate the media as much as you, Rob. I'm all for criticizing national media. But this one one seems a little far-fetched to me. I want people to point out the fact that they're going to get smoked when they come into Levi's. I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, no one said, well, guess what? The Packers defense, they just are the Cowboys defense. They don't adjust. They line up and say, this is what we do. So everybody knows what's coming against them, which is how you get plays with Musgrave when he's wide open by 50 yards, which by the way, when that happens with Christian McCaffrey, it's Brock Purdy sucks. Kyle Shanahan's dialing everything up. 
But when Matt LaFleur dials it up for Jordan Love, everyone's throwing, oh my God, Jordan Love is amazing. The Packers have another Hall of Fame quarterback. Just treat him the same. You know that's disingenuous. No, it's not. You're picking I, out one. You're picking out one example, but most people are looking at Love and they're pointing to a lot of throws he made in that game. Look, I I haven't watched enough of Love this year, throughout the entirety of the year, to have a really strong opinion. But I've seen the last few games; he's been playing really, really good football. It's okay to say that stats. He's not affecting the 49ers. He's not affecting Brock Purdy if he's playing good football. I I just because pe- you don't like how people talk about Brock Purdy doesn't mean you should talk about Jordan Love the same way. That doesn't really make sense to me. Treat him the same. That's all I'm saying. When Christian McCaffrey gets wide open, it's Brock Purdy's so lucky to have Kyle Shanahan. But Matt LaFleur, who's the Shanahan disciple, gets his receivers wide open and no one says boo about it. Cool. All right. That's fine. And when the Niners win and they go to the NFC Championship game, people are going to be like, ah, whatever. They just beat the Packers. It's not that. I don't think so. I I will say, I will say stats. I'm with you on the Niners historically getting a bad rub nationally. Like I especially remember the Harbaugh teams, like the East Coast bias played into it. But I I will say of all the things I can say against this, about this team, against the national media and how they cover this team, the Niners do get a pretty fair rub. Like Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, like they, they love everybody on this team. And you say like there's some people critical in national spots of Brock Purdy. There's also some people like Howie Long comparing him to Joe Montana in every Fox um, you know, halftime. Like there's a lot of people doing that kind of stuff too. Like the 49ers in my lifetime in terms of getting national attention and being nationally adored, it's never been like this the way it's been the last three, four years with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Like everybody truly does respect what they've done and gives them their credit for all of that. I I wouldn't, I I have to disagree there. And I I've been historically very upset. Like I still think Navarro Bowman, if he played anywhere else besides the East coast would have the 2013 defensive player of the year over Luke Keekley. Let's look at the Packers who the Packers have played in these games that everyone is so happy to face Jordan love the bears the Vikings with no Kirk Cousins, the Carolina Panthers, who, which, by the way, they gave up 30 to the Panthers, the Bucks, the Giants, the Chiefs, the Lions, the Chargers. That's the murderer's row that the Packers have played the last nine games that everybody wants the sight of how Jordan Love is playing so awesome. Okay. He's playing good. It said the same crap about the Rams. And then what it happened? Started, the Rams it started yesterday. with the Chiefs defense. Well, I didn't say that about the Rams. Well, the Rams defense was an issue. Everybody was saying about the Rams. Okay, who's everybody? Everybody said it about the Browns. The Texans blew out the Browns. A team nobody wants to play, the Rams. That team nobody wants to play, the Browns. I I don't know what your point is. You're doing the show with me. I didn't say those things. What am I supposed to do? Respond for this, everybody? This is like Odysseus. In I'm not versus the Cyclops. I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I'm everybody. I'm everybody. Don't pull out the Greek mythology. You don't have to sit here and defend it. I'm just saying it's pissing me off. That's all. I, I, okay, fair enough. I agree. I could see why you're pissed off. Here's my thing with Dallas, though, or Green Bay and all of this, because I'm glad you brought up the schedule. Excuse me. I, I was thinking of Dallas, so that is a Freudian slip. I, I really want to know what happens with Mike McCarthy, all of that, Dak. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. It's very much on my mind. But continuing with their schedule. In this schedule, here's the thing. Their defense is terrible. Their defense playing that last game against Minnesota pretty well, that was Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. Right. That was gross. And then the Chicago game, they played pretty well. That Chicago offense, uh, I don't think is very good. Okay, okay. So we agree there. 
They let Bryce Young look like the first overall pick in one game. He looked like the first overall pick in one game this season. It's versus this defense. Now, I do think they're getting healthier, but I think they were also getting healthier when they gave up that points to Bryce Young. Like, Rashawn Gary, terrific player. Um, Devontae Wyatt, ascending player, right? Kenny Clark, always been a good player. But this defense, I, I don't. this is their issue to me. Like, you've put the conversation on Jordan Love and all of that, and I think Jordan Love can actually have some semblance of success versus the Niners defense. Just don't think it's going to be consistent enough because this defense, the Niners offense to me is much better and matches up much better than the Dallas offense versus them. I know where Dallas's offense was statistically this year. I know how good Dak played, but Dallas couldn't run the football. That was a problem. The 49ers start by being able to run the football, and then they can throw the ball from there. I think that's the big difference in this football game. So if you want to see why, like, I don't think Green Bay has a big chance, like, I know, like, you're very unhappy with the National Jordan Love conversation, and I'll tell you, give it a week. The conversation will just change drastically. It'll be a 180 on Jordan Love. People come and go from calling him to the savior to is he really the guy if he doesn't play too well versus the 49ers. But their issue, Green Bay's issue, is that their defense is not good. Their defense has not been good the entirety of this year, and they're going to really struggle against what has, to me, been the best offense in the NFL, and that's the 49ers offense. Jeff Berger says, everyone jumping on the Green Bay bandwagon story, 49ers win. I totally agree, Jeff. Thank you very much for the super chat. Packers fans have wanted to load Joe Barry up on a wagon and ship him out of town for the whole freaking season. Now they have one good game against Dak Prescott, who melts down the second you put any pressure on him. And, and here come the big, bad Packers. I can't wait. Bring it on. The only thing that scares we me. We need you at the game, Stats. This kind of energy can't just be reserved for your office in Connecticut. You need to get a tamale in your right hand, a blue moon in your left hand, and be at that <laughs> game yelling your throat off. The only thing that, that gives me some pause is what the Japanese 49ers fan brings up in the chat. It's most likely going to be raining. Yeah. And we know rain is a cog in the machine, is a, is a piece of grain, it's a grain of sand in the machine. So that may stop the Niners offense from looking how they usually look. I, I agree. But here's my thing with the rain. And this is where I won't give the Niners that excuse, even though they've historically not been very good. Oh, yeah. Heavy rain in rain games. And Purdy is not, you know, necessarily thrown the wet football as well as he normally throws it. Right. We saw in the Browns game. This year when he had to deal with that rain, it, it affected his accuracy. Um, they're better than Green Bay. They should be able to beat Green Bay from just like an old school, like Harbaugh style. Like, we're just going to grind you out running the football. We're bigger than you. We're physical, more physical than you. We have better players than you. Like, that's how they've beaten Green Bay. Or they went into Green Bay in that cold weather and they beat them. Now, they got the blocked punt, which was huge. But they were just better than Green Bay. They outlasted, and they made their mistakes, right? Jimmy Garoppolo threw that, one of the worst interceptions. <laughs> I say that about him every show for a different interception, but that was a terrible <laughs> interception, okay? Um, but either way, it, it shouldn't matter to me because even in a grinded-out, grimy game, like I don't think Green Bay is more physical than them. I don't think Green Bay can outlast them. Like I think the Niners are better equipped for that style game too. The question is, will they – put themselves in that position if there is rain because sometimes I feel like they can get cute in the weather rather than just being like okay the weather sucks let's do what we they did to Washington in 2019 let's just out hit them and just 
grind them out and outlast them because we're bigger, we're more physical. I think they're fully capable of doing that, Rob. The question is whether the approach will be there. And the question is, does it actually rain? I know it's on the horizon, but it's not 100%, right? Uh, I don't know if it's 100%. Plus, it's like a week away, so that could change. And by the way, one more thing with Green Bay. Their kicking game sucks, dude. Their kicking game sucks. So does the Niners, and apparently it might be very windy. I shouldn't say so does the Niners. The Niners have had some issues. It's not even close to the same. This is like Brett Maher missing every extra point style. Yeah, They don't trust the guy. So you put him in weather in a close game? The Niners should have every advantage at home in that style game as well. K-Crusher, Packers and Love are coming in hot and locked in. 49ers have been sputtering, especially on defense. Have they been sputtering on defense lately? Let's take a look. Against the Rams, the backups were in. They gave up 21 points. All right. Were you waiting for somebody to ask this? They gave up 10 points against Washington. They gave up 33 to Baltimore. That's fair. They gave them four interceptions that set up Baltimore on some short fields, but the 33 points is 33 points. Okay. They gave up 29 against Arizona, but the game was a blowout that the Cardinals got some free points in. They gave up 16 to Seattle, 19 to Philly, 13 to Seattle, 14 to Tampa Bay, three to Jacksonville. Where is the sputtering? You're picking out like two games. Like, like this is the stuff I'm talking about. Oh, but Green yeah. Bay's hot. The 49ers have kicked everybody's ass to the point where they're sitting around on wildcard weekend while the rest of these peons have to play. And yet we get stuff like this about Green Bay's coming in hot. Spare me. No, I agree. I agree. And the thing with the Niners defense, it's also just the optics of the offense has been so good and the defense got banged up. When we have an expectation that a defense, the defense basically stops everybody on every drive. And right. in the case that they don't, then we like remember, oh, the defense didn't play as well because the offense basically scores on every drive in a lot of these games. So there's the optics of it. The one thing I will say that um, is interesting, and this is to me the one variable that's probably the key to this matchup. Um, and it's not a X's and O's variable. It's not a matchup. It's it's a game script variable. The one thing Green Bay did that I found very interesting versus Dallas, and Greg Olson in the broadcast said that this was important to them, is they wanted to take the fight to Dallas right away. They wanted to get up out on Dallas, get ahead on Dallas, and make them play from behind because they didn't think they could do that. Now, the Niners don't have the same issues as the Cowboys. But they are a team that we've seen win basically in one game script the entire year. And the one game we thought they would get away from the game script versus Baltimore, they had five turnovers. Now, you could say that's Baltimore being better than them. I look at those five five turnovers and I say, you know, two or three of them were just complete misfortune. And it happens in a game. And when you have five turnovers against a really good team, you're not winning that game. It just it just that's how football works. And so we didn't get to see that script play out differently in that game. And so. If there's one question to me, and I just think this is where I think getting out on the Niners is much harder than getting out on Dallas because their offense will respond and their offense does respond and their offense will respond with long drives, giving their defense time to rest. And then if they get one quick three and out on you, it's almost like they double dip. And that's when the game starts to feel like even one score away, it's so much ahead because they've dominated you for like eight, nine minutes straight you know, six, seven minutes with the ball in offense and then one to two minutes with a quick three and out on defense. If Green Bay can get ahead of the Niners the way they did against Dallas, that to me will make the game more interesting. But that's almost the Niners competing against themselves as much as they're competing against Green Bay because now you're putting them in a situation that we haven't necessarily see them respond to. And 
we kind of say like, okay, that's the bad situation for the 49ers. But we also say that because we haven't really seen them in a large sample in that situation. They could be totally fine there as well. So that's the one wrench I'll throw in to you. You seem completely unimpressed by the point. And you're like, yeah, they're not getting ahead. I'm assuming. No, I, I think that like if the Packers score first, so what? Like, I think that's whole like you have to if you get ahead of the 49ers, they have no chance to come back. I think that's overblown. Like, I really honestly do. If the Niners are down seven, nothing in this game, am I going to worry? No, 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 no. I, I'm not talking seven, nothing. What are you talking? I'm talking like they hold the lead going into halftime, right? Like they get up on the Niners and it's like 21, 10 going into halftime. Like you get up, you get up on the Niners. You don't just have one good scoring drive at the beginning because the Niners will take the ball back. They'll score. They'll stop you. They'll score again. All of a sudden, the game, we've seen that script before. We've seen their defense. Somebody, Taylor Broussard, mentioning in the comments, we've seen their defense hold up against Philly. But then they, by halftime, the Niners were all the way back, and I think they were up 14-6 going into half in that football game. So not exactly this. I'm talking about what they did to Dallas, where you get out in front and you play the better first half. And now they got to go into the locker room at home and this is where I thought Dallas kind of just gave up. Niners won't do that. But this is where I thought, because they, they went into the locker room, and they were like, what the hell is going on? And they had no response. They gave up. Niners won't do that, but you do that to the Niners. This is a easier said than done type thing. This is very difficult to do against the Niners at Santa Clara. But if there's one thing, one thing that I think Green Bay might be able to do to give themselves a chance, it would have to be that. It's not just getting up a score either. Yeah, crazy. It is kind of crazy. I mean, I've seen the 49ers be down 17 on the road to the Rams and come back and win. Like, that's a thing that happened. I know it doesn't count in that magical stat, right? Because by the time the fourth quarter. Right, right. Came, but that was also three years ago. They have this. We haven't seen this team necessarily succeed, right? Minnesota got ahead of them. They could never catch up there. Cincinnati got ahead of them early in that game. Couldn't catch up there. Cleveland didn't get ahead of them. But that Cleveland game was kind of their one really terrible performance of the year. So we've seen the script a couple of times. And the Eagles got ahead of them. The 49ers came back and beat the Eagles. Right, but that's what I talked about. They already came back in the second half. They held oh, them to field goals and they came back. My point is you have to take that lead and take it into halftime. The way Green Minnesota and Cincinnati played ahead of them, they kept running the football and they were able to – the defense had no opportunity to get a stop. And as explosive as the offense is, and they were explosive versus both Minnesota and Cincinnati, despite the turnovers, Yep, they, they ran out of room. They ran out of gas to catch up on the game because the defense, once that run game was going for both Minnesota and Cincinnati, it became a tough game to stop. Look, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying if there's an opportunity for Green Bay in this game, it would have to look like those two games. It would have to look like that. Yeah, well, it ain't gonna. It's just yeah, probably not. Stats, you only have to worry when it's an eight-point lead, not seven. Uh, That's true, too. <laughs> okay. One thing that I think will happen is that the, the Packers are not running the Aaron Rodgers system anywhere. They're running LaFleur's system. Mm -hmm. And so where I think the difference is, is they're going to – Green Bay is going to have some plays in this game that are scheme-specific against this 49ers defense that are going to work. Mm -hmm. they, they will. It's, that's just how it's going to go. It's going to be a test of can Wilkes adjust? What do you do when that happens? And I just have, well, like, I know Steve Wilkes is going to adjust. Dan Quinn just plays his silly little Seattle defense and never adjusts to anything. I mean, he just gets cooked. Dude, he, doesn't, he doesn't really play anything close to the Seattle defense much anymore. 
He plays his defense, though. Right, right. Here's my thing with Dallas, okay? I'll get on – I agree with you on Dan Quinn, but I also think Dallas has a personnel issue. I think Dallas drafts very well, but because they're Cowboys, we tend to look at the entirety of their football team and overrate their personnel. When you have a defense that small and you can't stop the run and you're not equipped to stop the run, I mean, I thought Mozzie Smith was a big draft pick for them. Gives them size in their front. Mozzie Smith was a burger for them. Who's Andrew Bynum on the Sixers this year? Is a biscuit. That was very insulting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the point is, it, they didn't get that contribution. And when you have a smaller defense, it, it turns into, like, I don't know what Dan Quinn can do differently because the way they play defense is kind of the best way to utilize their personnel with what they got. And maybe that's Dan Quinn's issue. This is the personnel he covets. And philosophically, it puts them at a disadvantage. But I don't think it's just that. But I will say one thing about the matchup I'm excited to see, and I don't know how excited you are to see this. I want to well, see if the Niners challenge these receivers and play man coverage the way they have been. Mooney Ward was unbelievable this year. Much deserved second team All-Pro. Diamador Lenore had a very good year. Ambry Thomas came along at the end of the year. The Packers receivers are kind of like the Niners corners in the sense that they had young guys ascend through the end of the year. Jaden Reed was kind of good top to bottom. Watson's been hurt, but we know he's talented. Dobbs came along, and he played very well last week, but he didn't do much the past couple weeks before that. Dontavian Wicks is pretty good. Bo Melton has made a couple catches. Musgrave, Tucker Craft. I want to see if the Niners challenge these guys the way they have been. I mean, they got after it against Philly. They got after it against Seattle, some of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And I want to see if they're going to do the same thing to Green Bay, because I think if they do, it'll be fun to watch those guys battle on the outside for sure. And I, I do think, because of how good Mooney Ward is playing, it is an advantage for the Niners if they do that versus those receivers. The one thing that would scare me is that if if Christian Watson's hamstring is fully back, I mean, he certainly is fast. And the Niners mm-hmm. don't have a ton of speed at corner, so he may be able to hurt them for a couple of plays. But I don't think they're going to be able to do it enough to, to compete with the 49ers offense, which I, I expect to have as close to a game like the Eagles game as we've seen where they punted on the first two possessions and then scored touchdowns every single time. I feel I think it'll look like the Dallas game. I think that they are going to put so much pressure on the Packers offense to have to score every time mm-hmm. that I don't think that Green Bay is going to be able to do it. And now one thing I did want to mention, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that Kyle Shanahan was watching that Lions Rams game. And I hope that Kyle Shanahan was watching his friend, Sean McVay, Pucker up and turtle up that was terrible. and kick field goal after field goal after field goal. And then punting at the end of the game when you know you only have one timeout and you if they get a first down that you're cooked. Right. I mean, you can't be that conservative in these games. I hope that Kyle was watching and he sees like, hey, damn, that's not really a good plan. Probably should be more aggressive there. I agree. And I think Kyle's a little more shrewd there. But here's the one thing about. Um, both that I think both McVeigh and Kyle sometimes miss the boat on. And I think it's more McVeigh than Kyle. I think we just tend to talk about it more with Kyle because he's the coach of the 49ers and we don't see McVeigh's ridiculous. By the way, McVeigh's conservatism take makes Kyle look like Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah, like McVay, really yeah, McVeigh is like the most conservative coach in the league. But when both Kyle and McVeigh came um, to their respective organizations, these were kind of defensive-driven teams, right? Like Kyle built up the defense first in 2019-20. They were a defensive-driven team. And I know McVay had a good offense immediately with Goff and Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup, but they 
put a lot of money into signing a lot of players and having a strong defense. And they got Wade Phillips and they were kind of a defensive driven team. Well, what McVay did wrong yesterday is that this team, this iteration of the Rams is nowhere near a defensive team. <laughs> it's all about the fact that they have a really good quarterback, a really good wide receiver in Nakua. Cooper Cup is still pretty good. Kyron Williams is a terrific runner. They run the mm -hmm. ball like their offense is their team. Their defense has one really good player and a really good defensive coordinator in Raheem Morris. But it's a, it's a mismatch of a lot of hat people who didn't, you know, succeed in their first landing spots and have come here for cheap and are getting an opportunity to play because the Rams have an accumulated talent. Well, in that situation, you got to take every risk with your offense. You don't put the game with the chance on your defense that it's right. going to end. You don't do that. That's just wrong. And I know the Niners defense is way better than the Rams defense. I'm not trying to draw a comparison between the two, but I do think we have seen this year a clear delineation that the Niners are now an offensive driven football team. It's not that their defense still isn't really good. It's just that their offense is what drives them. Their offense is what's special about this football team. Those weapons combined with this scheme, combined with how the quarterback's playing is what's special about the football team, which means that I hope, long story short, that I'm with you. Kyle trusts his offense and takes chances with his offense because this offense this year is going to be what wins and loses them the Super Bowl. In years past, it's been the defense and the offense has still let them down. I don't think we expect the defense to let them down. That's why we're more confident about this team than other ones. But it's an offensive-driven football team to me. The offense has been the most consistent unit the entire season. They've been terrific the entire season. And I hope that Kyle doesn't put the game in the hands of his defense at any point. If he has an opportunity to take control, take control with your offense. That's the best part of this team. I completely agree. Put the game in the hands of the side where all the freaking all pros are. <laughs> like It right. sounds simple when you say it out loud, but yeah, I would rather the game come down to Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. than I ha would rather it come down to Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. And that's not a knock on those guys, but you've got the offensive personnel that's unmatched and you've got an offensive coach whose play calling is unmatched. Why wouldn't you want the game in the hands of that side of the ball? Mm -hmm. To me, it just, that's where your strength is. Doesn't mean your defense is not good. It just means that's where your strength is. So I'm, I'm with you there completely. Um, Randall says, can Vish name the linebackers and safeties on green Bay? Betting yeah, not. Who do you want? Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker. We got Devondre Campbell, right? Um, Preston Smith is still there. Uh, I have no idea who this Darnell is. Darnell Savage is the starting safety. Yeah, Darnell Savage. Um, and then you have the other guy, uh, the, the Jonathan Owens. That's the other guy, right? Boom. Eat it, Let's Randall. Let's look it up. I'm just going to assume you're right. Why don't we do that? Okay, great. <laughs> if you can assume I'm right, then awesome. Because I'm not sure. They've had some injuries in their secondary and a linebacker this year. And the other thing, too, is, and you talked about it, the Packers are incredibly playoff inexperienced. And I think that, and I said this on the Instant Reaction Show yesterday, I think they got a little bit of a reprieve because everybody talks about how the playoffs are another level of intensity. But they played the Cowboys, who the second you punch the Cowboys in the face, they exactly. back down. Exactly. I don't think the Packers have gotten a real taste of the playoff atmosphere, what it's going to be like. And when the 49ers come out and just start smashing you, and I think that not, the Packers are going to be a little bit shell-shocked, frankly. And and I think anybody 
with that level of inexperience would be. This isn't specifically a knock on the Packers, but I think the Packers are like, the cake's not quite done yet. I think they're like a year away from being a legit threat. If all of the, their young players that they have sort of mature at the same time, then they could be a very, very big threat in the NFC. But I think this, it's not ready yet. The oven's not preheated. The bread's not done. Whatever analogy you want to make, that's where I think we are with the Packers. I 100% agree. And I, I've been, I thought that about the Dallas game a little bit. And that's where I was so impressed that, like, I thought making the playoffs was such a big deal for this young football team that they would just come in and it would be too much for them. But these young teams are like hungry and crazy. I thought Houston might have a little bit of that as well. And they're like taking up, taking it up to another level and it's fun. And we're seeing this kind of changing of the guard with these young quarterbacks, right? Like Dak Stafford, the veterans in the NFC, they're gone. It's all the young quarterbacks left. It's Purdy. It's love. I guess Jared Goff is like, medium age so he's, he's 29 i think he's the oldest quarterback this yeah world. so you you have these young quarterbacks but i i'm with you it's it's too little and then here's the other thing when have the 49ers under shanahan in a big game never like not shown up right like dallas didn't show up for that football game dallas got punched in the mouth and they checked out like you said the niners don't do that they don't even have this issue under shanahan like they have like random games against bad teams where they just play down to the level of that team. And those are the kind of the frustrating situations. But anytime the Niners have a high level game against a really good team, they show up, they show out, they compete. They always play hard. It's always a tight game. It's sometimes heartbreaking. So I'm a hundred percent with you on every point you made. And I think that's kind of green Bay's biggest issue. Now was the reason I bet against them last week, which is why it's a little hypocritical for me to say the same thing again. Um, but I think the Niners are a much different animal than Dallas as well. So, yeah. Crow says the Niners didn't show up against the Ravens. I have to say, I did not think, I thought the Niners might lose that game. I didn't think it would go that way. I didn't think that they would turn the ball over so many times and the Ravens would be able to put up 33 points. Like that really shocked me because, because of what you said, like the 49ers usually do not do that in big spots, primetime spots in big games. And I think honestly, if those, if some of those passes from Brock Purdy had hit the turf instead of falling into the hands of the Ravens defenders, I think the Niners would have showed up because they were moving the football in that game. They were moving the football, and it wasn't like Baltimore was just cooking up up, up, up and down the field, right? They stopped Lavar early in that game. Yeah. So they showed up. It was just that the game sequence kind of got away from them. I, I think that there's a difference between showing up versus, you know, I mean, Dallas kind of quit in that game. When when Savage had the pick six, they were done. Yeah, they were because you could see it. They were like, all right, we're driving. We're coming back. We're going to get the ball after halftime. If we score here and we score after halftime, right. we're right back in the game. And then it was right. pick six. And I was like, oh, my God, we're playing the Packers. <laughs> and I think you, you could was, see that they were done, too. Yep. You could feel it. The energy of the stadium, the energy of the entire team was gone at that point. But Crow did bring up a good one. He said the Chiefs. A couple years ago. I guess that would be the example. They kind of did run the Niners off the field. That was a one-score game at the start of the fourth quarter, though. It was true. It was true. With the Garoppolo interception early and their inability to get a stop, it did feel backbreaking by the end of it. But you're right. It didn't they they did stay in it for a while. It's a weird game because when you yeah. see the final score, you're like, oh, they killed them. And then when I went back and looked at it, I was like, wait a minute, what the hell happened in the fourth quarter? Like, I thought they were gonna come and, and win it. Um but event, you know, the fourth quarter counts too. So they yeah, did lose by a lot of points. Yeah. Um, 
The other thing I thanked a lot of the Cowboys fans for yesterday on Twitter was it was a blowout, but it was also like the Packers had to put some of their starters back in and the Cowboys mm-hmm. ran 89 plays yesterday, Vish. So that Packer defense was on the field for 89 plays and it wasn't all the starters for all 89, but damn, that's a lot of plays. Now the Packers have to fly, you know, halfway across the country on a short week with a tired defense against the rested team. That's a real thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and they've done really well against the Packers' run game in the past. Aaron Jones has never really gotten off against the 49ers. Maybe he played well in the Week Three matchup in 2021. I think that might be the one game that he might have had some semblance of success. But for the most part, they've really bottled him up. I hope Eric Armstead is going to be like healthy because I think that is a big difference maker and a key piece for the 49ers in these playoffs. That's really the one point of conversation. But I agree with you on all these variables. Every part of this game really does favor the Niners. If they lose this game, and Rob, this is where I don't want to go there, but I guess we should have this conversation. If they lose this game, or if they lose really at any point in this playoffs, they are so far ahead in our opinion on a paper standpoint when we just look at these matchups than all the other five teams left in the NFC. Yep. That if they lose at any point in the NFC, the conversation is going to grow. It's going to be bad conversation about the Niners. It's going to go toxic. There's going to be a fire Shanahan. The every good thing that's happened this season, everything that we think we've discovered, it's going to change. It's going to be gross. And it, they've kind of created that situation, not to discredit green Bay or not to discredit Detroit, because I think these are good football teams and they've had good stories. The Niners have just been so utterly dominant this year. They've been so good in every facet that they've created this situation for themselves that it would be a monumental upset at this point because there isn't like a Hall of Fame quarterback either on a pretty good team coming to take them down. It's Jordan Love in his first playoffs. Jared Goff has playoff experience, but it's Baker Mayfield in his second playoffs. It's Jalen Hurts in his second playoffs. It's Brock Purdy in his second. I guess Brock Purdy being in his second playoffs too. But, you know, the fact that this team has been there so much, it's crazy. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. If you can't do it this year, when can you do it? Look, for all the reasons you named, and Bite Me says Green Bay is the healthiest they've been all year. Yeah, 100%. But, but so Alexander's are the 49ers. Hurt. So are the 49ers. Yeah. They're, yeah. I mean, really, they're going to be missing, what, one starter in Hufanga? And Jair Brown has come in and played very, very well in his stead. Other than that, the Niners are healthy. So mm-hmm. there's no excuse for San Francisco. You have to get to the Super Bowl at least at least if they get to the Super Bowl. Look, in one game in the Super oh, Bowl. Bite says Jair is going to play. I did not see. Did they already say he's going to play next week? I don't know. I know he he was banged up coming in, and then he hurt his ankle. Yeah. And I know that they had an edge rusher that tore his ACL. So they're not totally healthy. Um, but I don't care if Jair is there or not. Like, you have no excuses. This is it. Like, get it done. This is, if they get to the NFC Championship game, it'll be four out of the last five. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to get over that hump. So there's there's absolutely no excuses. And all those conversations that would come up, Vish, would be earned, quite frankly. They would be. Like, if the 49ers lost, they deserve it all. They deserve all that smoke. Yeah, somebody said A.J. Dillon's out. I, I think that's good for Green Bay. Yeah, I think that's yeah, would. <laughs> Aaron Jones is way better than, than uh, Dillon. Yeah, but I, I will say having Jones healthy and all of that, like, it's good for Green Bay. But again, like, that, I'm not when I say I think the Niners are going to blow them out. It's not to discredit who Green Bay has been as a football team this year. Like I'm not saying Green Bay isn't good. 
Green Bay is good. You go into Dallas and win, like that's a really impressive win. But there's been levels to this that this entire season, the Niners and Green Bay have never been in the same tier at any point this season. Now they're playing each other. Why would I all of a sudden say it's going to be a close game? When we were ranking teams, when we were discussing teams, at any point when we were discussing the 32 teams, were the Niners and the Green Bay Packers in the same tier this season? It's yeah. not to say Green Bay can't win. I know every any given Saturday in this case. Yeah. But it's to say that I'm not going to sit here and look at this matchup and now give you 15 different reasons why Green Bay and the Niners are close. Because just a week ago, coming into the playoffs, when Green Bay was equally as hot before they beat Dallas, the Niners were in one tier. Green Bay was in one tier. Right? Right. 100%. I look I feel like you're coming over to my side. I maybe I No, just... I'm on your I'm on your side in all of it. I'm just not upset. Like I understand why Green Bay is hyped and I think Green Bay has had a good season in all of that. I just think that as people start looking at this matchup, I think they'll come to where Vegas is. This defense sucks, man. I saw this tweet from Akash who says Packers defense advanced stats since week 10. Since everybody, you know, we love to cut it off to when the Packers started doing good. So they look really good instead of taking the whole season as a sample. Since week 10, Green Bay is number 31 in success rate on defense, meaning teams have been able to methodically move the mm -hmm. ball down the field. Number two, they're number 31 in explosive pass rate, means meaning offenses have hit explosive passes at a high clip. Guess what? Even in this experience, you know, this small sample, this cherry picked sample to where the Packers look really good. Their defense still stinks. Yeah. Stinks on ice. Their offense is good, though. Their offense is good. It, they run the ball well. They run the ball. Love is good. But this is where I think it's going to be a blowout because I think the Niners defense can get a couple stops on their offense. I'm not saying their offense is going to be shut out. I think their offense will have some success, but it's what you described. The pressure, what's going to make their offense crumble is not the fact that their offense is bad. It's the fact that they're going to feel the pressure to score on every single drive because they don't feel like their defense can get a stop. And I think that's where this matchup really falls apart for them. And that's where I'm completely with you and I've been with you. It's not about Jordan Love. It's not what about people are saying about Jordan Love. It's not that their young receivers aren't impressive. By the way, Jaden Reed from Naperville, Illinois. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Um, you just got to mention that. Um, but but um. Either way, it's none of those things. It's the fact that, hey, I don't I don't like their defense's matchup against the 49ers. I don't. How could you? How could you like any? Except for Baltimore, how could you like anybody's defense against the 49ers? Let's I, be real. I, did, did you love Baltimore's matchup? I felt like the Niners were getting explosive plays against Baltimore. I'd love to see that one come back. I don't yeah. know how you could feel good if you're Baltimore. I agree. I don't think that the, we're going to give them five turnovers if exactly. they play that. Exactly. So. We got a long way to go before we get there. And I know a lot of you are saying I'm well, getting Cleveland angry. really played them like where they kind of took everything away. But the Niners had two of their best players hurt in that game. I know a lot of you think I'm getting cranky for no reason. And maybe I am. But I just bugged the hell out of me yesterday as I was sitting there. I actually wrote something this morning uh, for our website, goldstandardniners.com, um, because I was cranky about it. So please go check that out. Um, who are you I, specifically mad at? Like, who did you watch that made this narrative? Everybody, people on Twitter, the app, the post game analysis after the game, the commentary during the game, because they started talking about the next round for the Packers, like in the fourth quarter, because they were killing the Cowboys by so much. 
So like it started to come up and you know, Greg Olson's just driving me nuts. Greg Olson <laughs> hates the 49ers for yeah. some reason though. Greg Olson, I remember, and this really ticked me off. He ticks me off in general. By the way, I see my our guy Bay Area Baller 18 in this chat. Shout out to him. Says he was a Romeo Dobbs stand. I believe it. I still remember his Arden Key take. The guy, the guy who saw Arden Key before Arden Key in 2021, if you were wondering, Rob. Shout out to the man. Um, but but here's what pissed me off during the Eagles game, okay? He, when the game was a blowout, and it was very clearly a blowout, he started 15 minutes with 15 minutes in the game left. He was like, <laughs> so this isn't the end-all, be-all. This doesn't really say anything about these two football teams. Blah, 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 blah. Greg Olson's the worst when it comes to that type of stuff. So is it great? if it's Greg Olson that pissed you off, Rob, you got to start watching games on mute with Olson. You got to watch him on mute with Daryl Johnston. Oh, yeah. And the other people are somewhat okay. Coming into the year, I really like Greg Olson, but I this year he's just rubbed me the wrong way on a lot of things. Uh, so please the go. The big down one, too, specifically, huh? Well, yeah. Well, that yeah. I think really when it started, the big Dom one. Uh, our website is goldstandardniners.com. And just a shout out to Slotright Marketing. They hooked me up. They helped me create the website. Uh, they specialize in marketing, consulting, creative strategies. So if you want help, getting your website up and running. They have 20 plus years of experience, so they know how to get it going. You can go to slotright.com, slotright.com. They'll help you the way they helped me. So yeah, basically I'm just cranky. I haven't seen my football team play in a really long time. I wow. watched a, a long highlight streak of Brock Purdy's touchdown passes yesterday morning because I just wanted to see my team play football. Uh, so that was nice. And I just feel like people have forgotten. People just forgot about how good the 49ers have been. Uh, Keenan Gims says, love the discussion. Definitely think the Niners take it. Nicholas Parra says, the Niners own the Packers, especially in the playoffs. Recent history has taught us this. Haters going to hate, but the 49ers are going to continue to win. Yeah. I mean, we've seen I mean, the he's Niners. right about history. Dallas owns Green Bay in recent history, and they owned them again. No, Green or, Bay owns Dallas. Green Bay owns Dallas in re recent history, and they owned them again. The thing that should like make you happy if you're a Niner fan, we've seen the Niners obliterate the pack. Matt LaFleur's Packers on defense. And we've seen the Niners win a game on the road without scoring an offensive touchdown. So we've actually seen the Niners win both kind of games against the Packers, against Matt LaFleur's Packers. Yeah. Bite me in here says go watch because I said Green Bay defense sucks. He said go. So here's the thing about the Bears game. OK, I'll go back and watch the Dallas game this week for sure. The Vikings game was versus Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. That That's not one that I... I can sit there and really, really look at and take a lot away from. And then the Bears game, I I don't like so many things about the Bears offense. <laughs> and they play the Bears offense well every year. They play Justin Fields well. It's it's like the Steelers defense playing Lamar well. Not exactly the same thing, uh, but it's it's like that. So I, I don't necessarily look at those games and I feel much better about Green Bay's defense. Maybe it's better. Maybe I'm underrating them. I'll watch the Dallas game for sure again. Um, and see that. But I don't like their chances against the 49ers. Brandy says, I feel you're underestimating the Packers. Good luck with that. No, I feel like I'm properly estimating the Packers. That I, that's what I'm saying is I feel like everybody is cherry picking the data on Green Bay because they want to build it up like the Packers are really good. The whole season counts. And yes, people can improve throughout a year. I get that. And people can get on hot streaks and that's fine. But I don't understand why we just completely discount everything that happens early in the season. Yet anytime anybody wants to put the 49ers down, what do they say? Well, you know, they had that three game losing streak. Right. Wait, right. wait a minute. How does that apply? Right. 
And then I, I don't, I don't feel like we're underestimating Green Bay either. Like Green Bay is really good. When you end up as one no, of the final four teams in your conference, you're pretty good. They're it's not just really the Niners good. are a different tier from that. They're nine and eight. That's who they are. They're a That's game good. over five hundred. They were the last team in the playoffs four years ago. They wouldn't even have been a player. Are you are you still talking about the 2011 uh, Giants being nine and seven? They were nine and seven. They shouldn't even have made the playoffs. They shouldn't no. have beaten the 49ers. They shouldn't have beaten the 15-1 Packers. They shouldn't have beaten the Patriots, who were fourteen and two that year. No, you're telling me the Packers are really good. That is not who they have been throughout the they're entire season. Team. They're, they're one of the, they're one of eight teams left. Big deal. Big deal. I don't care. They're good. Really they're, good. No, they're not. How could they be really good? They were barely they're one of eight points. teams left in a sport. They're very good. It doesn't mean that they're bad. There's a team much better than them, too. But that doesn't mean they aren't good. They're one of eight teams left, Rob. So eight. what? The playoffs eliminate a bunch of teams. They made the they're playoffs. They're in the top 25% of the, of the NFL. They're very good. Give me yes. a break. Give me a break. They're very good because they beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. They were the seventh seed. They didn't even win their own division. I put up the list of teams that they beat this year, the list of quarterbacks. They're very good. They're not very good. They were game they're, over five. They're one of eight teams left. Yes, both of those things are true, but that doesn't mean they're very good. It just means there are a lot of other really bad teams. So you, you only think there's one very good team in the NFL this year? There's only two? I think there are three very good teams in the NFL. The 49ers are very good. The Ravens are very good. And I think the Bills are very good. Okay. The rest, I don't think there are that many very good teams. I don't. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I think that's a fair take. I'll give it to you. Yes, Daniel, I did wake up really cranky today. I absolutely yeah, Rob did wake up cranky. I did. Like I've, everybody has amnesia about how good the 49ers were this year because the Packers beat the Cowboys. All right. All right. I don't know who Rob's been watching, but I don't think it's just Greg Olson that peeved him off. I want to know what this sports media that you're watching and I want to go consume it. I will say I, I this it was anybody. Anybody can let me know this, but I do need to catch both Skip and Stephen A today. There's never a more legendary day to catch no, both don't. of them. Yes, I need to watch Skip, Rob. Skip, Skip is going to be brilliant today because the Cowboys lost. It's going to be a great show. Skip, it's, just watch what he did last year. He literally does the same thing every year. He did. Yeah, and it's funny every year. Is I still like the videos of him going and throwing the jerseys into the garbage. Why does he buy the jersey again once he throws it in the garbage? That's the He problem. doesn't buy it again, clearly. If you notice, there's no garbage bag in the garbage. So he clearly <laughs> takes his trash out, then has an empty garbage, wipes it down, throws the jerseys in there for the video. Like, it's a real meme. Probably reaches right back in there, pulls the jerseys out, puts them straight into the wash, and then of course. does the same shtick the next year. John says, Rob just turned 50. He's cranky. I did just turn 39 last week. So, yeah, I am cranky. Um, okay. Like, all right. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to people tell me how good the Packers are when they were barely over 500 and they beat, like, two good teams all year. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> A couple more days, all this will get worked out, and we'll be talking. Who do you think if – Assuming the Niners beat the Packers, who do you think the 49ers will play yeah. in the NFC Championship game? I, I think they'll play Detroit. It's Bucks Eagles yeah. tonight, and the winner of that faces Detroit in Detroit. The Lions actually get to host another playoff game. Who do you think wins tonight, Bucks or Eagles? E <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> this has been the hardest. This has been the one game that, like, I don't know how to put my pulse on it. 
because I, I like I know the Bucks have this like impressive streak in the second half of this year, but they look particularly awful in their win and get in game versus the Saints, and then they did not look that good in the game they won to ultimately clinch the division versus Carolina. The Eagles have looked awful and all kinds of messy. Um, if the Eagles had A.J. Brown, I would like the Eagles, but Astro nailed it. A.J. Brown's out of this game. I guess I'm going to pick Tampa Bay, but I, I like Niners-Lions uh, as the NFC Championship game, and I, I was somebody who was completely out on the Lions before the year. I was very wrong on Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, the entire team, and I look at the run game and their offense with Gibbs and Montgomery. I don't think either the Eagles nor the um, – Bucks are going to be able to handle that. And so I think that it'll be Niners lines. And I think that's another very favorable matchup for the Niners. I don't I, think that the Lions can take their pass rush on the road and put pass, put pressure on the Niners. I think the Lions would, I mean, I think they would carve up the Bucks, but if somehow the Lions had to play the Eagles, I think the Lions would destroy those Eagles linebackers. Yeah. A hundred percent. But Hey, maybe, you know, maybe the Eagles win and they feel like they get some of their mojo back. I don't know. I could see the Eagles winning, but like what you said to to start that game is like uh, just the fact that we have to do that when you're talking about an Eagles team that was the number one seed for much yeah. of the year and a Buccaneers team that, you know, was the winner of the worst division in football. Like we shouldn't have that pause, but because of all the weird stuff happening with the Eagles, we do, which is crazy. So well, I'm looking forward to watching it tonight. I'm looking forward to watching both games tonight. It's it's stunk over the weekend to have the Steelers game moved. But now Dude, it's no, like, nobody wanted to watch that. Like they got to stop doing this where some team blows some week 17 games. So that Pittsburgh gets in and we have to watch their beaten up defense. That's <laughs> gotten them into the playoffs, get smoked. And then we have to watch some terrible quarterback, whether it's Ben with one arm, whether it's and it wasn't Trubisky Ben with one arm. It was, did we haven't seen pick it? Was it Trubisky? I Who did we know. watch? One of those years we watched and now we have to watch Mason Rudolph, dude. Like, Unreal. They did the right thing postponing the game. We don't need people to cancel it. They could have put that game on Peacock. <laughs> Who would know? Uh, last uh, super chat, Matthew Rowley says, rather overestimate the Packers than take them too lightly. Love has 20 touchdowns and one pick. These Packers can beat the 49ers like the 21 Niners beat the number one seed Packers. No. no, it's a different matchup. And this is why, like, look, Love is playing awesome. Love is one of these quarterbacks that's gotten hot, like the Flacco, the Mannings, all of these. But all of these teams had one thing that made them successful in these road playoff games. They could rush the passer on the road. And that's what the 2021 Niners had as well. They had Nick Bosa, who was terrific coming off his ACL. Arden Key, shout out Barry Area Baller. He was awesome that season. They had signed Charles Amenahue midway through that season. They had Samson Ebukam, who started playing very well in the back half of that season. And then they had Eric Armstead, who kicked inside that year. And he was yeah. kicking butt. It's a awesome. very different thing when you have a front seven that can dominate games. Green Bay has a young, talented front seven. Wyatt's ascending. Kenny Clark's been a longstanding good player. Rashawn Gary's a superstar. Preston Smith is eh. Um, Quay Walker can be inconsistent, but he's an athletic freak. Campbell's a good linebacker. But that's not that front seven that's going to you know engulf and dominate and really make things hard for the opposing quarterbacks, especially on the road. That's really why I don't like their chances on the road I versus the Niners. Detroit, same issue. Can Detroit put pressure on the quarterback on the road? I, I don't really see it versus the Niners. Even yesterday, they struggled to put pressure on Stafford at home outside of a couple of really good rushes from Aiden Hutchinson. 
Philly has not really rushed the passer the same way this year. No. Um, Tampa Bay doesn't like this is this is why I really like the Niners' chances, and this is why I don't like that comparison. Because if you're talking about that kind of team that's going to go on the road, yeah, they need the quarterback playing the way Love is, but you need that dominant front four. The 2011 Giants were that had that front four, you know. And when you don't have that, I, I don't really like your chances of going and winning on the road versus the playoffs or in the playoffs. Excuse me. Plenty more time to break down this game, and you know that we will. But at least we have an opponent to focus on and sink our teeth into. Vish, it was so great to get to talk to you again during the afternoon. I love it. And this is where we're going to be going forward. We finally got the schedules uh, worked out. Thank you very much for shifting some things around. I know people are very excited about it. Like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube channel and like and subscribe to Vish's YouTube channel. Just search Vish Kumaran. It comes right up. You will be a better, smarter fan. I absolutely promise you. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Go Niners. Boo Jordan Love. Boo the Green Bay Packers. Have a good Monday.